And um, they, they didn't like the fact to call Easter, so they call it Resurrection Day. But there is a biblical name for today. For you see, Jesus died on a cross. I don't believe he died on a Friday. Because he himself said that he would be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. So I believe he died Wednesday, was buried Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Part of the misinformation about it being on a Friday is because the scripture says, well, they couldn't go to tend to him because it was the Sabbath. Well, there's more than Saturday Sabbath. There are holy days in the whole week of Passover complies with holy days. But on Saturday at sundown, which after sundown would be Sunday, was a holy day called First Fruit. And the priests would take the first fruits of the offering of, and as the sun finally lowered and the last of the light had gone, he would wave a first fruit offering, acknowledging that God was faithful in the initial first fruits and that there would be a plentiful harvest after that. Jesus rose on first fruits. We come to celebrate today not because we believe he rose from the dead. We came to celebrate today because he did rise from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, as I've said before and often, then we are wasting our time. We are letting our Easter dinner get cold when we could just, just have a party and go on. But the fact of the matter is, he rose on first fruits. He rose so much so that the scriptures gave the first people who were witnesses of the resurrection, women, who in their day, a court of law, could not testify. So if you were going to make something up, the last thing you would do is make up people who were the first people to see who couldn't give testimony because it happened. The scriptures also say that his own disciples didn't believe he was going to rise from the dead. And it was after the women told them that they went to the empty tomb. And it was then that they experienced the resurrection of Jesus. And the scriptures tells us that he appeared to more than 500 at one time and that he remained on earth for a period of 40 days. So you see, we don't celebrate today simply because we believe that he rose from the dead because he actually did rise from the death and therefore we have reason to believe. And if Jesus rose from the dead, and he did, then what I want to spend the next few minutes is discussing what Jesus himself taught about resurrection. Because he knows a lot about it. And so in John chapter 11, it says this, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So John tells us a little bit about Mary, but this incident is going to happen later in the Gospel of John. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he, he who you, whom you love is sick. So they're expecting because Jesus loves Mary and Martha, and because he loves Lazarus, as soon as he hears that, Jesus, that Lazarus is sick, that he's going to come to them and heal him. There's a plus and a minus to this aspect. First off, they believe Jesus can do something about it. But the second thing is, they're limited in their belief because they think that Jesus' power is limited by geography. So they say, we're sending word for Jesus to come to him, 
because after all, you love him. But when Jesus heard this, he said, but when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. Now, I don't think you have to be a lawyer to see what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that Lazarus won't die. It's not what he said. What he said was, the end of the story is not his death. This is not going to end in the death of Lazarus. But that's not what people hear. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, the purpose of this message is not only to recount what had happened in the past, but to discuss with us what we do presently. For you see, a lot of times we think, well, when we ask Jesus for something, and because he loves us, he's going to instantaneously gratify those requests. It's microwave Jesus. We ask, 60 seconds later, it's done, and boom, it's there. But notice it has said and emphasized that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He's not hanging out because he doesn't love them. He's waiting because of the glory of God to come. So sometimes when you're thinking, well, wait a minute, how come God hasn't answered my prayers? Why isn't he responding immediately? It's maybe because God is going to be glorified even more if you just wait half a second. So he remains two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? The reason he withdrew to the Galilean area was that the Jews were, the Pharisees and those were seeking to stone him. That was the way they were seeking to kill him. They weren't seeking to crucify him. They were seeking to stone him. Previously in his, his ministry, people tried to throw him off a cliff. He avoided that. There were other times that people picked up the stones to stone him, and he walked through it. Their plan was always to stone him. It was because of the quickness of the Passover that they had to use the Romans' execution. So he's saying, well, wait a minute. Nothing has changed. They want you dead. And Jesus answers, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And by, again, Jesus is the light of the world. If they walk in Jesus, they will walk in the light. And he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. Now, Jesus is saying this, this euphemism, not because Jesus doesn't like the word death. A lot of us, we, especially when a, a, a family member or a loved one or so, we have had a loss, a friend has had a suffer loss, we're, we're kind of, we come up with all kinds of euphemisms about death because we're just not comfortable with it. So we'd say stupid things like kick the bucket or, um, you know, sleep and whatever. Jesus is not using the term sleep because he doesn't, isn't accustomed with the term death. He uses the term sleep because death is not the final result. You don't die and just go away. Lazarus is asleep. And the disciples, at least they're consistent. They never get Jesus right. So the disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Okay, if there's a problem, the best thing you can do when you're sick is to sleep. He must be getting restful sleep. So Lazarus must be recovering. So we don't need to go there. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus did said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, 
but let us go to him. And now the disciples again are going to miss it because Lazarus is dead. So Jesus says, let's go to him. By that, they must be saying, well, Jesus is going to die because that's what Lazarus is. Therefore, Thomas, who is called Didymus, he's a twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. These guys are great. Whenever it calls for them not to die, they're willing to die. And then when Jesus is actually going to be on trial, they take off. But before we're too hard on them, inspect our own lives. So when Jesus came, he found he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary's to console them concerning their brother. In that culture, they made a big do to do about death. You had wailing people. So you would have family members come and they would cry up a storm. And if you didn't have enough people to console you, they'd even hire people to wail and cry and scream so that it, it would feel like, it's kind of like our funerals, how we have and, and people come and talk about how wonderful the person is, even though he wasn't that wonderful. It's kind of, he was worthy of, of us mourning for him, and so there, everybody's crying and screaming, and everybody comes from Jerusalem to kind of help out. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Which is an interesting flip, because before when Jesus was teaching, it was Martha who was busy, and Mary at his feet. But for some reason, in the speculation, Mary decides to stay home, and it's Martha who goes to meet Jesus. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha believed that Jesus could heal him. That's why she sent for him. But again, Martha limited Jesus' power in geography. Jesus had demonstrated throughout his ministry, whether it be the nobleman's son or the centurion's servant, that he could heal from distance. But isn't Martha just like you and I? Again, we tell the Lord how to accomplish something rather than just to accomplish it. Lord, would you heal Lazarus? As opposed to, Lord, come here, do it this way so that I might observe it. So Martha has faith, but not complete faith. But notice what she does say, continuing, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So she's still holding out hope. God can raise Lazarus perhaps from the dead, but she's missing an important point that Jesus is going to teach. So she says, I know that now Jesus, God will ask, answer whatever you want. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So Jesus says, he's going to rise again. And Martha takes it as, as uh, doctrine. Yeah, I believe what the Pharisees teach, that there will become a day when Lazarus will rise again. And I believe that, and I believe that's true, but I miss him now. I hurt now. The separation is present now. But yes, I believe that. Martha is assuming that Jesus is just giving her strength to deal with the, the situation. Jesus said to her, and I'm going to break this down, I am. He's going to keep going, but he says, I am. What Jesus is saying here is, remember when God spoke to Moses. And Moses said, well, when I go there, 
Who do I tell them you are? And God said, my name is I am. I am sent you. Jesus is saying, I'm God. I'm not just the son of God. While I am the son of God, I am God. And as God, I am God of resurrection. I am the mechanics. I'm the mythology for resurrection. Now, you see, Jesus is different than the others. For you see, Elijah raised someone from the dead. Elisha raised someone from the dead. After this incident, and after Jesus' resurrection, Peter will raise somebody from the dead. And Paul will raise somebody from the dead. All of those people did it because of the power of God. Jesus raises people from the dead because he is resurrection. He doesn't just have the power of resurrection. I am resurrection. So when we celebrate today, we celebrate the fact that, yes, that Jesus rose from the dead, but it's because he's the mechanics of it. He is resurrection. And then he says even further, and life. I am life. Life is there because of me. I am the creator of life. I am the sustainer of life. I am the provider of life. I am the giver back of life. I am life. Jesus makes two bold claims. He is God, the resurrection God. He is the life God. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. That's what we're at. If you believe him, you won't die. And if you die, you will be raised again in life. Eternal life is what Jesus is the giver of. He isn't the giver of life, death, life. When we come and we have a service for a loved one who has passed away, we don't say, well, pretty soon he'll be back to life. Because the scriptures teach us to be absent from the body is to be present with God. So we have life, we have sleep, rest. And we have eternal life. It's not life, death, life. It is life. That's where our belief comes in. Jesus rose from the dead, matter of fact. What do we do with that matter of fact? How does that belief affect our life? Then he asked her a question. Do you believe this? Even the people he loves, he comes and says very pointedly, yeah, you believe about the doctrine of resurrection. Do you believe that I am resurrection and life? She said to him, yes, Lord. Notice, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Notice that Martha was disturbed because Jesus didn't come. She had limited faith that Jesus could heal if he were there. And when he wasn't there, he couldn't heal. But even now, perhaps God... But notice that the circumstances did not change Martha's faith. I have believed. It didn't work out the way I thought it would, but I still believe you which again is a teaching for us. Do we trust and believe in circumstances or do we trust and believe in God? When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, 
saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. So Mary, as soon as she gets a personal invitation, takes off immediately. Now people being people. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. So everyone's going, okay, the place where we're going to be mourning has now changed. Let's go, to, let's go with Mary, and we'll go outside the tomb, and we'll cry there. These are really good friends. They're just not eating the, the turkey and the whatever. They're, they're there to, to weep. Therefore, when Mary had come to Jesus, to where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same thing that Martha said. The, but I thought you loved us. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. She's not aware that Jesus told the disciples, I'm holding out. Because of the glory of God. It's not because I don't love them. It's because God's glory is going to be revealed. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? You see, Jesus, even knowing what he's going to be doing, even knowing to the glory of God. He is still empathetic. He still hurts because people are hurting. He sees their grief. When I read this, I think of Paul's admonition that we are not to weep as those who have no hope. He didn't say for us not to weep, but we're not to weep as those who have no hope. And it seems as if they're, they're weeping as if they have no hope. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Isn't it interesting? We don't see this short verse with him on the cross. We don't see this short verse when his disciples don't get it. He sees here and he weeps. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind and have kept this man also from dying? You see, the misinformation is widespread. We've heard about him healing blind people. We've heard about him healing lame people. Well, what about the people he healed far away? Because he didn't do it the way they expected him to do it. They almost blamed Jesus for it. Lazarus' death. They don't almost, they do. So Jesus, again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha being the practical one, I'm sure she's the one who's always cleaning the house. So she's going to know. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus, you don't want to do that because it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah, there was a time when Jesus raised a young girl from the dead. They were on a funeral possession. And yeah, there was a time when a young man he raised from the dead. But Lazarus has been dead four days. The body's starting to decompose. It stinks. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Notice he didn't say, if you believe, you'll see Lazarus rise from the dead. Because the point is not Lazarus raising from the dead. The point is the glory of God. You're going to see the glory of God, and it's going to take place in a particular way. You're going to see the glory of God if you believe. 
So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I say it, I said it, so that they may believe that you sent me. I love this prayer. Because usually most of us, when we pray, especially when we pray in public, really don't ever pray to God. We pray to the people around us. Oh, Lord, I wish our church would do X. Oh, Lord, give us faith to do Y. And, and we're not really talking to God. We're talking, you know, get your life straightened and give us more money or do whatever it is what, what we want. We're not really talking to God. Jesus says, I'm always talking to you, Father. I don't have to communicate verbally. But so that the people around here kind of figure it out, I'm speaking. So that they might believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around him with cloth. Now, if this wasn't such a initially tragic situation and then a joyous situation, it's funny. What do you mean it's funny? Because I can see Lazarus doing this. Because he's trying to do what Jesus told him to do, come forth. But he's wrapped up in linen cloth. So he's... So finally Jesus says, hey, let him go. Let, you know, everybody's going, whoa, look at Lazarus. He's bouncing like a kangaroo or something. Unbind him and let him go. Now, I think it's funny. You may think I'm weird and that's... That's okay. But let me tell you a tragic incident. You see, Jesus died and rose again because we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. And his death and our belief causes us to be alive again. To not only have life again, but to have it eternally. But you know, all too often, many of us, and I'm, I'm pointing the finger to me, as well as whoever hears what I'm about to say, we're kind of like Lazarus. Jesus raised us from the grave of sin and death, but we're still wrapped in linens going, rather than being free, rather than being a testimony of what he has done you know, we'll, we'll sing about unwrapping the change. Maybe we should start singing unwrapping the cloth because we're no longer dead in sin. We're alive. We have been resurrected spiritually and there will come a day we believe because of what he's taught that we will be resurrected physically. So maybe this resurrection day, while we're thanking him from raising from the dead, and we're thanking him that we too have eternal life, that maybe we should start having either ourselves or somebody who we can trust unwrap the grave clothes so that we might live in freedom. Just saying. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw that he had done believed in him. They saw the glory of God. They understood that Jesus was sent by God to do this. And they believed that Jesus was, is, always will be the Son of the living God. The Christ, the Messiah. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. You see, they went there to report things. They didn't go there saying, you know what Jesus did? And I believe that he is. They reported so that the Pharisees might have more cause to hate Jesus. During the time that they were seeking to crucify Jesus, they were also seeking to kill Lazarus. Why? Because when Lazarus was walking around, they go, see that guy there? Yeah, that's Lazarus. He was dead four days. 
He was stinking. His body was decaying, and Jesus rose him from the dead. Yeah, I heard about that story. It's not a story. It's true. I was there. But there are others who's still around today. I don't care what the facts are. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I want to do it. I don't care who he is. You see, there are those who will talk about quote-unquote religious faith. And what they say by that is, oh, we Christians have a bunch of myths that we have adopted, and it doesn't matter what the facts are because we're going to believe regardless of the facts. That's not Christianity. Christianity is Jesus said he was the Son of God. Jesus showed signs that he was the Son of God by the testimony of the Father, the testimony of John the Baptizer, the testimony of the disciples, the testimony of those who saw him raised from the dead, and the testimony of the scriptures. And added to that, the testimony of those who have experienced, as we have sung, my God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside. You see, we believe not because it's a myth, we believe because it's true. And if we believe because it's true, then it should modify our actions. So in a moment, the band's going to come up here and we're going to sing, we believe. We believe not because we hope it's true. We believe because the one who said it showed us. It's true. The one that we worship, the one that we celebrate his resurrection today, because he did rise from the dead, and he taught us, I am resurrection. I am life. All who believe in me will never die. The question is, with those facts, do you believe or not? And all God's people said. time of desperation and all we know is doubt and fear there is only one foundation we believe we believe in this dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than anthem. 
Sing it out. Here we go. Sing for joy, we shout your name. We celebrate your resurrection day. Sing for joy, we shout your name. We celebrate your resurrection day. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
One day when heaven was filled with his praises One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men by example is he Word became flesh and a light shined among us His glory revealed Living he loved me Dying he saved me Buried he carried my sins far away Rising he justified Freely forever One day he's coming Oh glorious day Oh glorious day One day we'll let him Up Calvary's mountain One day they nail him To die on a tree Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins by redeeming his Hands and humiliations stretched out on a tree. They took the nails for me.
your grace so free. Chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me. Make a name the world remembers. Jesus is the only name.
Jesus is the only 